for anyone else is that I'm a workaholic because I love work and so when it's left up to me I'm gonna do it even faster <laughs> than a deadline so I never I don't think these are always gonna be on the same night I, I was trying to make it somewhere be on like Saturday night like from midnight to you know midnight that you know in the next morning but it's not going to happen because like now I'm on Friday and that's okay because I'm in a good mood and I like to do these and I'm like pumped up to do it, you know, especially this one is a dark sexual podcast. We've had some lighter <laughs> fantasy ones recently and I can only go so long doing those before I have to show the succubus a little bit. And so what better night for her to come out than on a Friday night? And anyway, um, I'm going to be reading some poems tonight for um, a theme of called... <laughs> can you tell a little buzz tonight? That's okay, right? Don't hold it against me. But um, the theme is called um, For Less Macabre. And it's named after a poem that I just wrote and was published on um, a punk noir magazine and anyway I'm going to read that poem to kind of set the tone of this um, podcast tonight which is very sex and death just think of that <laughs> but um, there's many themes of that that are all beyond in the poetry tonight and this one is really about kind of an experience I've had as being you know as you get older unfortunately you start knowing people that die and um like I've had the experience a couple of times now where people who are dying have reached out to me <laughs> in their dying days, though, you know, we went a long time without communicating and men, I should say this was men. So, you know, you start to feel <laughs> like it's a weird phenomenon that's happening to you. You're the girl that men reach out to when they're dying <laughs> and and I mean, it's it's really not funny, but like at the same time, it is kind of when you're that person and you're like, okay, thank you, you know, like now, now we are going to do this, you know, like, um, you know, because it's great, like the one person who did this, um, one of the men reached out to me and got me to start writing again, and you guys wouldn't even know who I was if, if he hadn't done that. But at the same time, it was like I had already kind of um, a long time ago mourned losing him as a friend. And then, you know, like you meet somebody and again and they're on their deathbed. And so you're going to mourn them again. So, I mean, it is a complicated kind of experience to go through and something that is definitely something you go through as you age. So I'm going to anyway um, read. Let me find my poems read you this poem burlesque macabre i live in a genre the aged read decrepit men tell their mendacities before a final tomcat nap 
beneath cracked granite mausoleum roof. This squeezed social register, not quite weatherproof, trickles on nipples, a drooping sundress, exposes flesh rose, only ghosts reprove or molest, witnesses macabre burlesque. I am an offering the dying will request, supine on their crypts, completely undressed, astride carved lids, contents can't feel, this quivered kiss, corporeal. Summon the naiad with your penultimate vermouth, some mutilated, same mutilated in your stupor of youth. And so, yeah, I, you know, you can feel the resentment sort of in this poem of like, I'm glad that you realize my importance on your deathbed. <laughs> and I'm, I, I shouldn't be laughing and I have a buzz and I have again and again talked about this man who contacted me um, in a very reverential cry. Usually I end up crying when I talk about it. This is like the first time I kind of go like, you know, what the fuck? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where you're just kind of like, um, let me talk about the other side of this, of, you know, why does it take men sometimes so long to realize, you know, what was most important? And I shouldn't say men because it really, I think it's humans, you know, but, you know, it's just happened to me with men. So, you know, this was my more allowing myself to kind of show some of the anger of that. And um, anyway, I'm going to read the next poem um, called The Black Ardenia. And this is a poem that I wrote. It's very related to the meadow, although it's not in the meadow. I, I write, a lot of times I write things, you know, um, that are, you know, belonged in a certain book but they came after the book so therefore they're not in it but but they definitely belong in that conversation and the black gardenia is definitely that because it's about when I went to San Francisco and um I was staying with a man there after I had broken up with um the in the meadow if you've read it um and if you haven't you can order it from my site kristengarth.com but there a lot of that story takes place with, um, with me kind of going through a relationship with a dom that I met when I was very young, like 22, 23, I think, um, that age. I, I started in the BDSM world when I was like 22, and I think I was 23 by the time I met him. But we, you know, were long distance. He lived in New York, and I lived here in Florida. And there was in the story, you can read the story of that in in the book, but this, this man in San Francisco, I met, um, online after I was breaking up with that other, or I had gotten broken up with by the Dom who, it was a polyamorous relationship. And the person who was his primary partner had a lot of issues with me because she just felt he treated me, um, outside of the bounds uh, that they had kind of established, you know, of what, like, you know, she's the primary partner and how much attention she gets. And I, I was completely new to polyamory, so I didn't, and I was very young. 
And so, like, looking back on it, I can look and go, oh, I was kind of disrespectful in this situation, but I didn't see that at the time, you know. I didn't know what I was doing, and it wasn't, you know, nobody really explained when I came into that situation the rules. It was like I I became involved with a man who was in an open relationship, but nobody said, okay, and this is how this works. And, you know, you get X amount of time. And if, if we're together, you know, that, you know, she takes precedence in this ways or, you know, it was just never, there, nothing was ever spelled out like that. And so we always had tension because, um, one, we had a completely different kind of relationship than he had with the primary, you know, partner, much more sexual. They were like more of a, sadist masochist relationship and um because she just was not a sexual person so and I think she thought of him as oh he's not either but he he was he just was respecting I guess her boundaries in that way and I I kind of came in and filled a different you know need set that he had and that was very um she didn't like that you know because she it, it was threatening to her and that was his relationship, so I should have. Anyway, long story. I'm going to read this poem, but when I broke up with him, I met a man that was kind of the complete opposite, you know, that was like, he was more, um, I mean, he was definitely like worshipped me and like I was, a, you know, he was a dom, but he was more looking for someone to be like a kind of, um, I, I mean, I, th I honestly think like a trophy wife, you know, situation. And I was very young at the time and maybe fit that quality, you know, and, you know, wanted him to go with him to these clubs and, you know, somebody he could kind of show off and whatever. And it was a kind of jaded relationship because of that, because, you know, like he was well aware, like that I kind of wasn't attracted to him. So he would do things like give me ecstasy, you know, and that's in the book, you know, and like, you know, do things to try to like manipulate the situation where you, um, you know, like make it easier on you, I guess, to be with him if there wasn't a real, it was a very, but at the same time saying all this, I feel bad because he was a nice man in a lot of ways and I made the choices to to engage in this relationship. But anyway, I'm going to read the poem because it's called The Black Gardenia. And it, um, he didn't really care. He was very open about like he worked. And while I, I was staying with him, I would, you know, go about my day, you know, whatever. It was a very open relationship. And so it was okay if I wanted to meet someone else and be with them. But I was too scared to do something like that because I was a small town girl in a big city. And that's what this poem is about. Like, I was a true crime reader. I'd had, you know, bad experiences in my youth. And so I was, you know, I was well aware of like the Black Dahlia, for example. And that's what this poem comes from. So here is the Black Gardenia. Like Dahlia, the black gardenia, winters in Florida, too. Comes home from California, not cut in two. The man leaves, mostly, skin intact. Monochrome, exotic eyes, like lipstick, black. Shuts faux schoolgirl thighs to strut alone odd streets, 
small southern draw sweet scent more would follow three-piece suited stranger bread bowl soup lunch greets you with sunflowers petals tease your own cape jasmine blossom beneath a mini skirt a man at work flew here to hurt just grown enough to make it not a crime you flirt black gardenia public wasting time then leave alone you read too much true crime and so yeah it was like i was in this very open you know place where if i had had that propensity to be more like open relationship girl on my end you know i i definitely could have done it i met lots of men when i would you know i would just i felt safe because it was in san francisco well i he lived in palo alto and i'm from a very small town in palo alto it's very um you know i felt safe walking around where i wouldn't have felt necessarily safe in a super big city or anything but i so i would kind of wander around and do different things and i would meet these men you know who and i would be curious about things but at the same time you know my own fears of like being a woman and unfortunately therefore like more of a target you know and you know all the true crime that i've read it made me more scared you know to seek out different experiences eventually i would leave um paul to altogether and um you know just go back and you know i it wasn't for me you know i like i mean if to me you know if to me if you're in a situation where you have to take drugs all the time to feel okay about it then it's not okay you know what i mean like i didn't um feel good in the situation or like you know but it was for me and so i finally did leave <laughs> but um that's another kind of sex and death theme poem because you know those things were very entwined to me from reading true crime and watching movies about you know i mean unfortunately for a woman you have to be aware that you know if you're exploring your sexuality you have to be more careful in a lot of ways than a man because you're more of a target so anyway I'm going to read you another poem, and this one is from Flutter, Southern Gothic Fever Dream. It's another sonnet, and it is um, a whole different take on the sex and death thing because this poem, number one, is like a, um, you know, a bisexual or lesbian poem because it's about a teenage girl um, who like has been haunted by these um, spectral mermaids because in Flutter, um, this little, this teenage girl that's in the book, she lives on a, um, lake, a man-made lake, and her father always taught her that there were mermaids in the lake. They were actually not mermaids. They were actually these huge, um, fish that he, you know, had brought into the lake, but they were too big. Um, the fish that he brought in were too big. He thought they looked cool and like, you know, fantastical because they looked like mermaids with their big tails swimming out, but they were too big for the pond and they couldn't breathe. So after he had told her this beautiful story, since she is an invalid and she can't like leave her room a lot, he wanted her to be able to go onto her balcony and see a fairy tale outside of her window. So she goes out there 
And one morning, the fairy tale is literally dead and rotting on the shores of a lake because all these dead fish have that she's told her mermaids have um, asphyxiated, you know? So they, um, because, you know, they breathe through the water and there wasn't enough water for their mass. So anyway, um, in the story, she believes, because this girl has a, quite an imagination and that's what the story is all about, that these mermaids are now haunting her and um they're spectral mermaids and they and she in one of her other fantasies that she has has created a boyish bee demon who lives in the woods around her and um the boyish in her mythology she makes of the wooden the creature she makes in these woods the um, boyish bee demon um will not kiss whoever he kisses blooms and I mean literally blooms like a flower instead of their head or you know um if like it could be a deer it could be a girl and that's how she has scarlet fever that's her um disease that she has and it's her way kind of of making sense of that you know is that she feels like she's blooming and that's more romantic than you know you're dying of scarlet fever so um she creates these creatures that are jealous of her, the spectral mermaids, because the blooming, um, the blooming, uh, boyish bee demon will not, um, kiss them. And they and they want him to kiss them because they would come back to life because, you know, to bloom is to be alive and, and they're gray and spectral. And so they'd rather have, you know, flowered heads, but be alive than in their current state. So, because of all this long, complicated story, um, she has this kind of antagonistic relationship with these um, mermaids. And, but it also, like everything in the story, because she's a teenage girl, there's an undertone of like sexuality and that budding sexuality that's coming through. And she is definitely, you know, attracted to both genders. And um, so, she has a whole fantasy in which these mermaids show up in her bedroom and the queen of the mermaids um, confronts her because they know that she has kissed the boyish bee demon and they think because the magic is in his kiss that maybe that if they kiss her that they can get some of the residual magic, you know? And so anyway, I'll read you the poem, but it's, you know, it's kind of about a forcible kiss from some um, spectral mermaids. Kiss you. Surrounded, silver cloud, silver thunder cloud, you cringe. In cotton, clammy bed sheets, cowed until your chin arises to her clap. Eyelids unhinge while sirens slap. Lewd flukes, bared gray. Useless gills, cumulonimbus mermaid ghost, chased to bedpost, you pine against spine, shoulder blades, flesh ring, scales, breast, inside, afraid. Kiss you, perchance I taste his lips. Remake to jade, white eyes, pink fingertips. Not mottled smoke, soft stroking cheeks amidst a floating tittering, salacious squeaks.
phantasmic mouth provokes your diaphanous reawakening. Though it was not you she came to claim, when thunder claps again, it speaks her name. So, um, you know, this, oh, and I should have told you about um, Flutter that it was set in like, you know, 1883. So, you know, obviously this is a whole different, um, you know, uh, being bisexual is not as um, acceptable to in Southern culture as it is now. So I think this is her definite way of exploring her sexuality, you know, in this, you know, giving it this context of, um, a whole backstory that she can't avoid, you know, and that, that it's just something that happens to her, but obviously it comes from her own internal desires. And I think, you know, for some people, even now, you know, who maybe are, I mean, I, I know of people still who, you know, are closeted and because of the, you know, their parents or different, um, you know, just societal standards of where they live. And I just think, you know, like for her, this felt um, like a whole mythology that was unavoidable that led her to have to kiss these mermaids against her will. And, but I think it's beautiful. And I, I loved writing this story and exploring um, all that kind of aspect of a teenage girl discovering her own sexuality and her own, you know, just self-awareness. So anyway, it, but it's definitely a sex and death poem because they are dead. So it's like a teenage girl making out with dead mermaids. But, um, but I like, you know, a, a burlesque macabre, you know, and that's definitely a big part of my aesthetic is I like dark things and, I think part of it, you know, is my own back history and that, you know, you just like, um, I don't, I, I, you know, I've always been a person that just, you know, enjoyed like the darker aspects of life in a way, you know, even if that, that was what was presented to me, maybe because of that was, that was what was presented to me. But I think, you know, you can't help what you like and what your aesthetics are. <laughs> but um, anyway, I enjoyed reading these poems to you guys tonight. And I've really been enjoying doing this podcast, you know, all the time and um, getting to talk every week to you guys. It just feels like, you know, I, I like, you know, I don't know, therapy slash, you know, friendship. Um, so many things for me that it fulfills and and just my own like desire to perform always like I always try to find opportunities to read poems and I'm not a person that leaves my house a lot and so this has just like been a godsend to be able to um you know have this experience of talking to strangers and telling my poems um and so I really I can't tell you how much I appreciate it and you know, I'm going to keep doing it as long as I possibly can because I just love writing and poetry and all the um, things that it brings. So thank you again for listening. And next week, I will definitely be 
back probably sooner than you expect even if I try to like hold out and make myself wait it doesn't seem like I can do that very well because I just love what I do in life and I hope for everyone that they get to do something that they love in life because like in this way I'm totally living my dream and thank you for being a part of that so I am going to um <laughs> sign out for now but get something to cuddle up with because I'm going to I'm about to go take a bubble bath <laughs> first and then I'm going to cuddle in bed with my uni the unicorn and um maybe watch something I had a nice day off from riding today but I'm back at it tomorrow <laughs> so um anyway good night and see you next week on Kristen Whispers Sonnets or I will have a sonnet for you. Kristen whispers sonnets. Join me for a sonnet bedtime treat.